we have been dealing with the topic of the mountain of God, right? We've been in the mountain series. And the first part of the series, we dealt with the mountain of God. And last week, I preached a sermon entitled, The Return from the Mountain. And I ended with a few scriptures that were showing that uh, ours is to dominate the earth. And so we've got an earth to dominate. Amen. And the Bible tells us the heavens belong to the Lord, but the earth is for man. So we've got an earth to dominate. And today we're going to deal with the seven, the seven mountains of influence. The seven mountains of influence. So write that down, the seven mountains of influence. Oh, I thought I said, say it after me, the seven mountains of influence. Ask your neighbor, are you influential? But I thought I should start from here. So this is the Lord's Prayer. Matthew 6. Matthew 6, verse 10. How many of you know the Lord's Prayer by heart? From our Father? Okay, say it out. Hide it. Start. Are you checking your neighbor? Let's go back now to the part we are highlighting. It says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that shows you that the whole essence of God showing us heaven is so that we can, we can manifest heaven on earth. So your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So as believers, we have a mandate we have a mandate as believers to ensure that the kingdom of heaven manifests on earth as it is in heaven. God is a kingdom-oriented God. And being a kingdom-oriented God, a person who runs a kingdom is always trying to take over another territory. A perfect example you can give of this is uh, the time of the 
uh, in the centuries before, when there were a lot of monarchs here on earth, they all wanted to take over other kingdoms. Because the glory of a king is territory. Tell someone the glory of a king is territory. Tell someone the glory of a king is territory. Okay. And by the way, the greatest territory you can have is human beings. Before land, it's human beings. That's why you notice there are not many people who are fighting for Antarctica. Because the glory of a king is territory, and the greatest territory is human beings. So if you're in places like Antarctica or the Arctic Circle, probably you will not have that many people fighting for the land. Because it's uninhabitable. So the kingdom of God increases when the king's domain increases. The kingdom of God increases when the king's territory increases. Do you know, for example, that there is a country called Gibraltar, which is still part of the United Kingdom, and yet it's a neighbor to Spain? Anyway, we don't know geography. Hallelujah. You don't know Gibraltar, it's a rock. Okay. So, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a mandate. I want us to see verse 13. There is something I preached at the last whim, which you need to have in your mind. It can help you to have a better understanding. Okay, do not lead us to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. How many of you remember that sermon? Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Lift your hands if you remember it. Yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. I think the sermon was entitled The Three-Fourth Court, right? Okay. So when it talks about the kingdom, it's referring to the government of heaven. When it talks about the power, we're referring to the ability of heaven. And when we talk about the glory, we're referring to the atmosphere of heaven. So the kingdom has to do with the government of heaven. What's the role of a government? A government must institute laws. A government must put things in order. So that's referring to the government of heaven. Then the power is the ability of heaven. Where you can replace something with another thing using, how can I put it? You can overpower something. So when we're talking about the power of heaven, one example is when we heal the sick. What are we doing? We are chasing sickness from a territory using a power that's superior to that sickness. Amen. Okay. And then the third one, of course, the glory of God, which has to do with the atmosphere, the realm of heaven, the, the fullness of heaven. 
you must have an understanding of that because when we talk about heaven on earth many of us see it just as maybe one day we're in a meeting and there's a cloud and it's important i would like those things however the thought pattern of it goes beyond all that and that's what i am attempting and by god's grace that's what i'm going to teach you starting today so now why are we talking about seven mountains of influence last week i taught you last week i taught you that our assignment is not on the mountain we how can i put it the mountain is in us but our assignment is on the earth because the earth has been given to us the earth has been given to us so our assignment is on the earth that's something you must never forget we've got an assignment to take over the earth now the seven mountains of influence is a revelation how many of you remember when i taught on revelation hey i said how many of you remember when i taught on revelation i think it was entitled epignosis so it's a revealed mystery there's too much movement today can we reduce it ashes i'm struggling to teach okay okay it's a revealed mystery it's something that's revealed to us and so there's a man called bill bright In the year 1975, this is how this revelation came about. In the year 1975, there's a man called Bill Bright and another man called Lauren Cunningham. Don't worry even if you don't remember their names. Now, these two were meeting for the first time and by the time they were meeting, they discovered that they both had something like the same dream. All we know is God taught them the same thing. And God gave them both the same message. And the message was entitled, The Seven Mountains of Influence. And as a body of Christ, we have come to accept that revelation as authentic. And I, for one, have read through it, and I accept it as authentic. And that's why I'm teaching it to you today. Amen. So the whole concept of the mountains of influence is as follows. A mountain simply refers to a sphere or a realm. And what this revelation is suggesting is that on the earth, there are seven main realms that influence the earth. Seven main realms. And this is something that's seen as scripture. So there are seven main realms that influence the earth, which as believers, if we are to take over these realms, then we are good seven main ones and this is a scripture that influences this thought revelations chapter 17 we are going to read from verse let's read from verse 6 5 this will help you understand books like revelations Start from five. Let's start from five. 
maybe let's start from verse 1 for context I'll be telling you when to skip so Revelation chapter 17 then one of the seven angels which had the seven bowls and talked with me saying come I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters the word harlot means prostitute and in the Bible this word harlot was used to refer to Israel when Israel began worshiping other gods according to God it was prostitution when they began worshiping other gods it was prostitution there is actually a prophet in the Bible who was told to marry a prostitute as a sign to Israel that this is what you are doing to me. Hallelujah. Please, that revelation ended in the Old Testament. Not Nabali Mayashidiya. No. Uh, the Lord wants to use me as a sign and wonder. Ah, uh -uh. Glory to God. Don't think he enjoyed it. You're, if you are going to follow that one, you also follow what else he was told to do. You was told to eat feces. Glory to God then I'll believe you. Hallelujah. Let's go on. Oh, by the way, um, I, I, I'm not going to apologize for this, but if, if what we're used to is you come in and someone just telling you every week, it'll be fine. Hey, you are the guy. Hey. You're not going to get that here. I want you all to be deep. That's why we are analyzing scriptures which ordinarily I know a number of us have not read before. Everyone here has to be deep. Ask your neighbor, how deep are you? What have they said? Ask them, how many scriptures do you know? Okay. So it says, back verse 1, let's start from verse 1 again. I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters. Uh -huh. With whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So whenever you read such scripture, you can tell what it's talking about. You can tell one, this is spiritual. Number two, you can tell this has to do with idolatry. So the kings of the earth committing fornication with this harlot means they interacted with this realm of idolatry and the people of the earth became drunk with it. And this is what's been going on in the world right now. People, the kings of the earth, the leaders on earth, a lot of them have interacted with this harlot. And peoples of the earth are, have become drunk with idolatry. Drunk with the wrong things. Obsessed with the wrong things. Somebody can be given a Nobel Prize for changing their gender. A Nobel Prize for changing their... In the name of freedom. You'll see in the book that I'm writing what happens to a society when such things start happening. You see, the problem is the moment you remove God from a society, then each person has got the right to give their rules. 
and those things, those people become very inconsistent. I've noticed that especially with the liberal movement. You know the liberal movement? The ones who are always advocating for all these gay rights and all these things and the like. And sometimes, if you had to ask me, I think that's the reason why I may not agree with everything he does, but there's a part of me that admires Mr. Trump. He's overfought. I'll give you an example. Recent, when, whenever there is a scandal, there have been one or two scandals that have had to do with immorality. There was one that had to do with Mr. Trump. There was another one that had to do with somebody else. That's in the U.S. The people were fought by the liberals, not fit for office. A few days ago, there was a scandal among the liberals. One of their women leaders was having inappropriate and ethical relations with a woman and someone else. Guess what they are saying? It's her private life. It's her body. That's absolutely inconsistent. It's, it's very inconsistent. The victim mentality is very inconsistent. Because for most of them to survive, there always has to be a problem. Always. There always has to be a problem. They always have to make a problem so big. That's how most of them survive. Oh, we've got a lot to change. Am I saying be liberal, be conservative? No, I'm saying be kingdom. Be kingdom. And okay, let me not say what I was going to say. I was going to say something with regard to Zambia, but maybe not yet. So the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with her fornication. Please pay attention. If you miss this, you've missed the sermon. Pay attention. If your phone rings, cut it. Next verse. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast which was full of names of blasphemy having seven heads and ten horns so this woman and have you noticed woman is always used to represent a system mother nature you never hear father nature hallelujah mother nature and all those things and so this woman is in the wilderness sitting on a scarlet beast which was full of names of blasphemy so what's going on with the systems of the world blasphemy there's a lot of blasphemy going on and having seven heads and ten horns well, how many of you have have never read the book of revelations like on your own just be honest with me like on your own you've never read the book of revelations raise your hand Okay. How many have never read it in a long time? Raise your hand. How many have struggled to understand the book of Revelations? Raise your hand. Like, maybe Charlie V. Seven heads. Ten horns. You know, when you study the Bible, you know one thing you realize? Most of the concepts of these movies and the like are gotten from the Bible. I'm telling you, most of them. Have you noticed it's all about a savior who is a human being but somehow has superpowers and sometimes that savior has to die for the sake of everybody else? I don't know if you're getting my point. 
except certain people made of iron could not resurrect themselves but generally you notice that it's always the same it's always the same most of this stuff is gotten from the scriptures either that or they are blaspheming let's go on the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls and having her hand in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication a golden cup full of abominations do you know that right now in canada they are advocating there are people who are advocating for it to become legal for human beings to sleep with animals do you know that there's a movement in the world right now that's advocating for pedophiles to be legalized for the age of consent to be reduced to maybe 12 or 11 or 10 and pedophiles to be legalized pedophiles are people who uh, perform sexual activities with with kids and these things are heavily funded some of you know what i'm talking about some of you here work with ngos some of their agendas are abominable some of them don't even care about anyone they just want the funding I'm telling you, some of these organizations don't want HIV to reduce. As a matter of fact, they don't mind it increasing. That's how they make their money. That's why they always have to present Africa as this lost place so that they can access money. Africa is our own mother's land, fashioned with and blessed by God's good hand. Let us all people are the lyrics right join us one oh lord okay let's continue abominable and the pressure to accept these abominable things is going to increase don't you remember one time some uh wasn't it was ban kimon came to zambia and was trying to put pressure on zambia to accept gay rights Is where those are the moments where I miss Mugabe. Ah, the man used to answer them. <laughs> yeah, the man would say, even a dog knows who is male and who's female. Okay, we are going somewhere. Tell your neighbor we are going somewhere. Ask your neighbor, are you ready? Tell them we are demystifying the book of Revelations. So it was full of abominations and the filthiness of a fornication. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but I wouldn't be surprised if I discovered that some diseases have been created in labs before. I wouldn't be surprised if I was to discover that there are some sicknesses which they found a cure for and the person who they found a cure they've they've sat them down because if that cure was to be released to the world do you know that there are people who get who've got the power to end world hunger today but food is a serious business they're not going to end it we are going somewhere next verse so 
for those who've just joined us, we are talking about the seven mountains of influence. And this is a scripture that influences it. So we are saying there's this woman who the Bible describes as a harlot. And the kings of the world have committed fornication with this harlot. And the peoples of the world are drunk with her foolishness. Then he goes on to say, And on her forehead a name is written. What's the name written? Mystery. Babylon the Great. The mother of harlots and the abominations of the earth. Now, why is it called Babylon the Great? Very simple. Genesis 11. Genesis 11. Look at this. Are you, is somebody following? Is somebody learning? Okay. Now, the whole earth had one language and one speech. Uh-huh. And it came to pass, as they journeyed from the east, they found a plain in the land of Sinner, and they dwelt there. Uh-huh. And they said to one another, I want you to see this. Come, let us make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They had brick for stone and asphalt for mortar. Uh-huh. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city. Let us build ourselves a city. And a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves. Lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. And we all remember God was angry and he confused their language. Haven't you noticed that that's the same thing that's there today? The world is confused. They can't agree on anything. Have you observed that? Their language is confused. Even among themselves they are confused. Can't agree on anything. So what was Babel? Babel is an example of rebellion. Babel is a picture of man trying to build himself a city, of man trying to dictate his own life, man trying to dictate his own laws. But compare this to Genesis 12. What does Genesis 12 say? Now the Lord said to Abram, get out from your country, from your family. And from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Abraham was told to get out of the... He was from the land of UR, right? Which present day I think is in Iraq. Uh-huh. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. Notice for them it was, let me make myself. Let's make a name. Let's make a name. But this other side it was, I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. You will be a blessing. So success without God is Babel. That's Babylon. That's Babylon. And I can tell you something. The nations of the world have failed with this. That's why countries with the highest HDI. How come you've got countries like Sweden? A very high human development index. But very high levels of suicide. The moment you start removing God from the system, people get angry. People have got no one to fear. The moment you remove God from the system, people have no one to fear. They'll do whatever they want. And what was Abraham looking for? The Bible says he was longing for a city whose builder and maker was God. So those guys wanted to build themselves a city. But Abraham wanted the city of the living God. Hallelujah. Okay, let's go back to Revelation 17. So this is how you interpret the Bible. Scripture interprets Scripture. 
on her forehead the name was written mystery babylon the great the mother of harlots and abominations of the earth so what's the mother of abominations of the earth when we do life without god that's the mother of abominations next verse haven't you noticed that's what's going on in the world right now the world wants to find its own way of doing things it wants to find its own way of producing children it wants to find its own way <coughs> wants to find well its own way of doing all things do you know why some of those things are being advocated if you study most of them you'll notice go read through the statistics it may look like it's to help people who are not fertile but the majority of people who are, who are going for those things are very wealthy gay couples. So sometimes you find someone creates something good to help people. But then the worldly systems take advantage of it. And so before you know it, you've got a hundred thousand kids adopted by gay parents. How do you think they'll grow up? It means you've got a movement of a hundred thousand people who if you tell them this is wrong, to get, to get that out of their mind, you need power. Praise God, we've got power. Hallelujah. The way I preach like this, oh my goodness. <laughs> I don't know what's wrong with me, eh? I can just preach few good sermons, don't you think so? You're going far. Hallelujah. <laughs> don't think I should preach that every week. I should, eh? Okay. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints. This is the woman who's behind all the, all the fighting of Christianity. How many of you have observed? I'll use this one again as an example. The day that those gay laws were passed in the U.S. By... Anyways, let me not make this statement in church. I was going to talk about how I don't like that person. That's the one thing he did that made me not like him. I'll forever remember him as the worst. Okay. Calm down. If you are busy celebrating black president, I think he does some absolutely unblack thing. I hope one day he gets to hear this. I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints. How many of you observed the day that those laws were passed? Do you know what happened in the U.S.? Millions of people in the streets. And do you know what they did? They got a cross. They were mocking Jesus. Why weren't they mocking Muhammad? Why weren't they mocking Buddha? Why weren't they mocking Dagon? Why is it Jesus they are always mocking? Why are the lo How many of you have heard of what happens in the U.S. nowadays? There are some people who deliberately go to a Christian bakery and tell them, bake me a cake of two men doing this. And when the person refuses, they are sued, saying you are discriminating my rights. How come no one is advocating for the rights of those believers also to maintain their faith? Why should their faith be violated? And how come they don't do that to Muslims? Why don't they do that to them? 
you have to understand there is a war against Christianity. Do you know why Osama bin Laden? If you've done your study, please don't mind me. I've studied a lot. Do you know why Osama bin Laden hated the U.S.? Do you know they were friends in the first place? Do you know the reason for the hatred? It's because the U.S. backed Israel. That's the whole essence. That if we can deal with the allies of Israel, then we are good. Most of it is a fight against Israel. That's why Peter said, why do the nations rage? Why do they fight God's holy people? As we speak in Nigeria, it's not just Boko Haram they're worried about. They are also, is it the full, what, what are they called? Fulani herdsmen who are finding Christians and, and, and dealing with them. They've been shooting pastors and all that stuff. That's what that harlot does. It's drunk with the blood of the saints. Let's go on. And when I saw her, and with the blood of the martyrs of Jesus, but listen, the Lord Jesus has got a message. Has got a message for everyone who's fighting the gospel. Do you know the message he has? Do you remember what Jesus told Paul? I, I, I know many of us don't understand it. Do you know what? Do you remember what Jesus told Paul when he met him? He said, Why do you persecute me? And then Paul said, Who are you? And he said, It is I, the Lord Jesus. And he made a statement I love. He said, It is hard to kick against the gods. G O A D S. Do you know what that means? It is hard to kick against the gods. It's like a cow, and then you've got like spiky things. If you keep kicking, you're just getting hurt yourself. If you keep kicking, you're getting hurt yourself. That's what he means by it is hard to kick against the gods. I've got a message for anyone fighting the gospel. It is hard to kick against the gods. You're not the first one to try and fight it. Nero tried. He put Christians in dungeons. He put them in stadiums and released lions to eat them. The gospel survived. He got Christians, put them on crosses. He would, he would burn them alive. They would die singing, Hallelujah. Why? Because there is something we've encountered. There is someone we've experienced. Our churches will keep growing bigger and bigger. They will be mega and mega. And that's why you know what Satan is now trying to do? He's trying to fight the church from within. All of a sudden, Christians have become politicians. Why should churches be so big? Why not? Why are there so many churches? Why are there so many bars? Hallelujah. Why should young people be preaching? Why should young people be playing football? I don't know if you're getting my point. Come on, guys. We've got a world to save. We've got a world to save. No, don't be too spiritual. Don't be too worldly. Listen to me. I want to tell you something. I'll tell you this, and I want you to listen to me well. And some of you listen to me right now who are giving up an opportunity to do this, to change lives. Because it's now all about you and your exams and your work and your marriage and your two children and your three dogs. One day you look back and you wish you had done more. You wish you were not just a Sunday Christian who just comes to sit and clap for the pastor. You wish you had done more. There are some scriptures in the Bible that scare me. The Bible says, 
in every house there are different vessels and he's talking about the church and he says some are golden vessels some are vessels of silver some are vessels of bronze you know, I've been hearing people say this thing no I, I don't know why <laughs> okay it's okay I don't know why people take pleasure in certain things like it's not even written some are broken vessels no God uses broken vessels listen please don't advocate to remain broken hallelujah there's something being dealt with in your life let's help you out but listen to me you are a chosen generation you are a golden vessel there is nothing wrong with feeling good about yourself there is nothing wrong with seeing yourself the way God sees you you don't always have to look for like why should it be that as a believer the worst statements are the ones that appeal to you only the when, if you hear people if you, if you start to come here and say you know I don't even have I don't even have them in my vocabulary I'm looking for a bad statement why should that appeal to you turn to your neighbor and say I'm gracefully whole hallelujah <laughs> glory to God hallelujah Oh, glory to God. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Tell someone I've got the life of God in me. In every fiber of my being. When I talk, I release life. My words are not ordinary. Come on, somebody. Woo. Okay, let's... You know, I've not even yet finished the introduction. <laughs> ah, next verse. Ah, go back. It says, when I saw her, I marveled with great amazement. Uh-huh. But the angel said to me, why do you marvel? I tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her which has the seven heads and the ten horns. Uh -huh. The beast that you saw was and is not, and will ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. And those who dwell on the earth will marvel, whose names are not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they see the beast that was and is not yet is. Next verse, we're not dealing with the topic of the beast today. Here is the mind which has wisdom. The seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman sits. So what are the seven heads? Seven mountains. And so I explained earlier that there is a revelation that we've endorsed as a body of Christ, which came from a man named Bill Wright. And in this revelation, he got a revelation that the seven mountains are actually spheres and realms of influence here on the earth. And what's interesting is that the harlot has been sitting on these seven mountains. Not on my watch. I said, not on my watch. I thought somebody would agree with me as well. I said, not on my watch. Tell somebody, not on my watch. 
because there is a prophecy that has been given about the last days in Isaiah chapter 2 that there is a certain mountain that will begin to dominate and these that we are calling mountains will call them hills now listen to this Isaiah chapter 2 verse 1 Isaiah 2 verse 1 the word that Isaiah the son of Amos saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem uh -huh. it shall come to pass in the latter days tell someone they are in the latter days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on the top of the mountains. It shall be established on the top of the mountains. So in short, it won't be that harlot sitting on the mountains. It will be the mountain of the Lord's house that will be established on the top of the mountains. And it says, and shall be exalted above the hills, and all nations shall flow to it. The kings shall come to it. And look at the next verse. And many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways. Somebody say his ways. So we'll learn his ways. The world will learn the ways of God. And it says, And we shall walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of God from Jerusalem. And what does the Bible tell us? It says, we have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. So it's from Zion, it's from the city of the Lord that the world must come and drink and the law must go forth. The world will learn. Listen. The world will learn the ways of the Lord. The world will learn the ways of the Lord. The ways of the Lord have to do with knowing the nature of God. Knowing how he wants us to be. I'll tell you this. The concept of God is this. If you have a God, if you have someone you regard as God, then you're dealing with someone bigger than you. You're dealing with someone smarter than you. You are dealing with someone who knows better. You are dealing with someone who teaches you. You are not the one who teaches him. He's the one that teaches you. You are not the one who created him. He's the one that created you. You are not the one to give him your way. Stop building a tower of Babel. He's the one that makes us. He's the one that builds us. He's the one that tells us how we ought to live. He's the one that defines our right from wrong. The trouble with not having God... The trouble with not having a God, and in our case, not having God, is that there's no definition of right. There's no definition of wrong. Everything goes. It depends on how you think. Are you kidding me? Before we know it, if we continue like this, if the world continues to be godless, let's continue. So there are seven mountains, seven mountains, can I give them all to you or I should be giving them to you one one, one one, eh? number one, the mountain of religion. The mountain of religion. 
Somebody say the mountain of religion. Say one more time. Okay. Now, I, I, I know we've had many messages on um, religion and I think there are songs about no religion and whatnot and and the like but let's understand context uh, religious festivities are not always bad okay the book of James actually talks about true religion and we're also told we've come to the city of our religious festivities but what's bad is when we exhort systems of a relationship with God okay but then some people have used that wrongly for <laughs> like sometimes body of Christ we really really and this mountain sometimes we really really fight ourselves a lot um, there's someone there's a famous artist um, there's a famous I'll, I'll, I'll say previously secular artist who I think got saved recently and has released an album I don't know why um, and there are a lot of Christians who are cautious about it. Why, why should it shock you that Christians are, are cautious about it? Like, you don't need to rub it in their face. If they don't want to listen to it, they will not go to hell for that. Hey, what's wrong? You can't blame believers for being cautious. Even when the Apostle Paul converted, they were cautious. <laughs> I don't know if you get my point. You know, I mean, you can't blame them for being cautious. Because it's one thing to get saved. It's another thing for us to allow you to preach to us. We need to check your doctrine and whatnot. So you can't blame them for being cautious. But at the same time, let's be happy. If, if, if the person has really gotten saved, we're happy for him. But don't blame believers for being cautious. It will always be like that. There will be some people who probably never believe him. It's okay. They'll meet in heaven. You think everyone believes? Do you know how long it took the Apostle Paul to get accepted? Do you know what happened for the Apostle Paul? The guy gets saved. God appears to someone, gives him an accurate word, says, go to this house, house number this. You'll find a guy called Saul. Go lay hands on him. The guy said, ah, God, that one, I've heard of him. That guy is bad news. <laughs> Are you getting my point? But then, if you've got trouble with the way some people have reacted, you don't need to be all over social media. Hey, what's wrong with the church? Hey, what's... Yeah. Why are you advertising us wrongly? Come on. Don't do that. Sometimes be reasonable. There's a reason why people are cautious. It, it happens. Hallelujah. It's probably not the first they've ever been cautious with, or the last. So, come on, guys. But at, at the same time, if, if, if that's what's going on, praise God. Hallelujah. We praise God for the millions that have been reached. And we pray um, he also gets himself a pastor. So he stopped the way of the Lord. Okay, I hope I've answered because a lot of you have been texting me about it. Have I answered you? Especially young adults have been texting me. Pastor, can I listen to... Why are you so eager? Anyways, <laughs> I, I really... I've not listened to the content. So if it's good, praise the Lord. Eh? Did everything that has breath, praise the Lord. But don't attack your fellow believers for being cautious. You can't blame them. Hallelujah. Don't force them. If the Bible says if 
one person thinks eating meat is okay another one doesn't think eating it is okay don't force them because you might be going against their conscience some people their conscience will not allow them so don't force them eh? the same way if someone gets saved maybe all their life they believed they shouldn't eat pork they get saved don't force them to eat it don't their status will not change in heaven by them eating or not eating pork don't force them some people will even rub it in your face now let me show you find a person is seated they even start no come on don't do that it's not that's not working in love so the mountain of religion someone says the mountain of religion hallelujah i've answered your questions well eh? yeah soon we'll have that other remember the question and answer segment we used to have we'll have it soon so that maybe we can tackle some of these questions hallelujah okay so the mountain of religion the mountain of religion religion could be or should I say it actually is for me I would say it's the most influential force in the world religion is the most influential force in, your, in the world how many of you would like to see a different Zambia like a Zambia where people think differently and do things differently the rest of you don't want to see a different Zambia can you lift your hands the number of Zambians who have access to education has increased significantly now I don't want you to think this is an attack on pastors it's a challenge because there are some pastors listening and there are some people here who will be pastors why why aren't I hearing amens <laughs> I heard someone say that there are some people who got God and there are others who got God like God call me okay I know people usually like to say no when God got me it was so hard I didn't want any I was already on the phone I was waiting <laughs> I don't have that testimony. <laughs> After getting saved, I wanted to call in. Okay. Now, here's my thought. Recently, there were those events that happened in South Africa. The whole xenophobia stuff. You know, the first question that was in my head? Where are the pastors? Most of those people go to church. What are they being taught? Do you know that the first people who fought segregation of blacks in the US were the church? 
I know we love to talk about the black people like Martin Luther. How many of you have ever heard of F.F. Boosworth? Lift your hands if you've heard of F.F. Boosworth. He was a healing evangelist. Do you know that F.F. Boosworth was once beaten up? He was a white man. He was beaten up by white people because he allowed black people in his meetings. And they beat him up. They thought he was dead. Then he walked for three days going back home. I don't know how he managed to walk for three days. Then when he reached the door, he just collapsed. And after about three weeks, he was okay. How many of you have ever heard of Dr. Oral Roberts, the late? Dr. Oral Roberts. Dr. Oral Roberts was a healing evangelist. Oral Roberts went to Australia at a time when, when there was a lot of racism in Australia. And while he was in Australia, he decided to have black people in his meetings. And because of that, a lot of the white people from there came and they would swear at him at the meetings. I think they attacked him as well. But what am I trying to say? It's people who... I, I, I know people love to paint the picture of how bad... Uh, some of these guys, I know they would come with a Bible in one hand and a gun behind them. That's not entirely true. Of course, there are some people who've used religion wrongly, but I can assure you, there are some people who, because of their faith, because of their religion, they are the reason why there are certain rights that we've gotten. Martin Luther King was a man of faith. And because he was a man of faith, he managed to advocate for rights. We'll get to all those things. What am I trying to say? Religion plays an important role in how people think. That's why the fight on terrorism... Do you know what makes the fight on terrorism very difficult? It's very hard to fight someone who's not afraid of dying. It's very hard to fight someone who's willing to kill themselves for the sake of what they believe. The fight on terrorism is a religious fight. It's a religious battle. And the solution is to... The solution is... How can I put it? If we can get a number of people in those sectors believing in the Lord Jesus, some of those things will end. You can't fight an idea unless you bring about a bigger idea. It's very difficult. Some of those people have been promised 70 virgins when they die. And I've got a feeling the moment they die, Satan first plays like a trick on them. Like he disguises 70 demons. Dah, we are the ones. You were one. That's just what I think. What am I trying to say? Religion plays an important role. It's from religion that you get your do's and don'ts. It's from religion that you get your morals. I can tell you, most of the morals, the ethical morals in most professional jobs in the Western world were inspired by Christian beliefs. Some of them may be changing now, but I can tell you, 
most of the morals were inspired by Christian beliefs. Haven't you noticed that in countries like the UK, if there's a scandal about you, you have to resign on moral grounds. So most of the morals were inspired by Christian beliefs. So if the mountain of religion is doing well, then everything else will be okay. I want you to think about this. How many of you want a better Zambia? Can you imagine if 5 million Zambians had access to these messages? How do you think they would start thinking? How many of you have noticed that from the time you started listening to these messages, there's a way you think? How many of you have walked into a place and you feel like, I need to be a solution, I need to be a giver, because that's the way we've trained you. Most people who... I've heard some people talk against pastors and shun pastors. What they don't know is that the pastorate, the clergy, has got the power to determine how an entire nation thinks. We can shape the way entire people are thinking. Can you imagine the impact all these people around you are going to make? Just look around. Think of, look at how their faces are concentrating on what I'm saying. Look at how serious and spiritual they look. Do you think they'll ever be the same in their lives? That person next to you, the day that person becomes MD, trust me, there are certain things that won't take place in that workplace anymore. Hallelujah. Now think about this. That's why we are shaping the way you think. The mountain of religion. I have seen the gospel do in people's lives what everything else has failed. That's why I was saying the other day that and I mean it, if some parents knew how bad their children were, they wouldn't fight us. I've seen the gospel do what Wembia could not do. I've seen the gospel do that. This gospel, that's why this gospel must be preached everywhere. It should be preached to kids in, in kindergarten. It should be preached to people in primary school. It should be preached to grade 8s, grade 9s. It should be preached to grade 10s, 11s, 12s. Because if we don't preach to them, the world is always preaching to them. Satan doesn't mind how worldly he gets them. Listen to me. There are some people who think this person is too young to be spiritual. I'm telling you, Satan doesn't mind making them demonic at a young age. If you knew the number of demons I've cast out from 13-year-olds, you would be shocked. He doesn't mind how worldly he gets them. That's why you find right now, someone can be 11, 12 years old, addicted to pornography. He doesn't mind how worldly he gets them. Why should we care how spiritual we get them? He doesn't mind how worldly he gets them. As a matter of fact, if we are to be honest with ourselves, you find that a number of us, before we got saved, those same ages, 13, 14, 15, a lot of things went wrong. 16, 17, 18 started becoming experts. Twenty-two, twenty-three. There is nothing you've not done. No, am I wrong? That shows you that the gospel has to be preached to these people. We need to take the gospel back in the schools. I'm telling you, they allow, listen, there's a place for that, but I've seen the gospel do bigger things than some of these behavioral change programs. The gospel, 
the gospel can compel people in Wevatu. The gospel can change a person's thinking. It's the power of God unto salvation. This gospel needs to be taken to the prisons. Hallelujah. This gospel needs to be taken to the streets. This gospel, it needs to be taken to the hospitals. I remember one time going to a hospital and I was praying for someone. And as I was praying for them, when I was just about to walk out, the neighbor said, excuse me, how come you're not praying for me? That showed me something. There's a lot of hopelessness in some of these places. Sometimes someone just needs a word of encouragement. I can, this is my thought. I, I, I do see some of the things on the screens, but it's my thought. You know, I've always had a thought of certain, all robots had the same thought as well. But let me just share it. Of certain uh, Christian hospitals. Whew. I've always had the thought of that. Uh, I do know there are some faith-themed hospitals. For example, I, I know the Adventist church has got an eye clinic here, right? I also know there are other faith churches. But <laughs> this is my thought here. Yeah? Imagine this hospital. You know how the doctors do rounds? Then there's also a part now for the pastors to do rounds. Like, okay, yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. And, you know, you've put speakers everywhere. You've put speakers everywhere. And uh, you play different, beautiful music. And you can imagine someone is there, even if they're unconscious, they, their hearing doesn't go. And they are hearing healed in the name of Jesus. I just think we'll see more. <laughs> and in this place, before the doctor can sign that the person is gone, the pastor has to come check. Hallelujah. <laughs> no, let's, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's give us a million. Let's try our best. Because I can be honest with you. Sometimes, why it's difficult to pray for people in hospitals? There are too many rules. It's, it's difficult. I'll be honest. It's difficult. I've been to hospitals. You want to try something, there are 15 people on you. And some nurse looking at you as though you don't know anything. Hallelujah. Please, for those who are working in the medical field, when people come to pray for someone, treat them well. Treat them well. They are not saying you're doing nothing, but allow them to have faith. Because some of your patients just need a little bit of hope. Then some just need the anointing. Then some just need that devil cast out of them. Hallelujah. <laughs> Me, that's that's what I imagine. And then there's a period where then now the speakers start playing and then there's a sermon and the thing and the sermon is on healing. And the preacher comes, it's your time for your healing. Can you imagine? Yeah, that's that's just a thought I have. It's a thought I have. Where in our curriculum we can include serious Christian studies. It may not even be mandatory. It may be voluntary. Eventually, entire schools will come in and we teach behavioral change the Christian way. The mountain of religion. Eh. So religion still plays a role in influencing the world. It's a source of principles, a source of right and wrong. And I want you to understand a few things. The world needs more churches. 
we need more churches. We need to build mega churches. We need big, big, mega ministries. There are too many people in Lusaka who don't go to church. On your way home, when you pass through certain places, you will notice a lot of people who have not gone to church. We need mega ministries. We need a lot of people. You know there is strength in numbers. Even the world respects you when you are more. Because imagine we are five million of us in Zambia. And we all say we are standing for this. Who can push us? There is strength in numbers. As a matter of fact, even the world of politics, they know that the strength is in numbers. They fear anyone who can command numbers. We need more people. That person who you left at your boarding house, why didn't you bring them to church? That family member who you left at home watching TV, why didn't you bring them to church? Those people from your class who don't go to church, why didn't you bring them to church? That person from your workplace, why haven't you ever given them a flyer? Why are you putting all the pressure on one person? Why haven't you ever shared the gospel with that person? That person who if a few days ago told you I'm not feeling well, why did you say, can I pray for you? They were not going to refuse. Zambians don't refuse prayers. If you ask nicely. Come on, are you, are you, are you, are you playing your part? Are we really taking over this mountain? Or are we now allowing people to be governed by worldly ideologies? If they don't live by the gospel, they will live by karma. If they don't live by the gospel, they will live by astrology. No, I'm a Septus, I'm a Leo, I'm a Shani. It's people are looking for a gospel. People, they are looking for a Messiah. They are looking for something supernatural. Why aren't you giving it to them? All those contacts in your Facebook and you're afraid to send them a flyer because they will look at you as too spiritual. How do you want them to see you? Too worldly? Come on, are you doing your part? Ask your neighbor, are you playing your part with this mountain? Now, this mountain involves some people joining. Some people joining us on the pulpit. There are some listening to me right now. You've got a calling of a pastor. I'm using pastor loosely to mean all of them. We can't do this alone. We need certain people who dedicate their lives to pastor in different capacities. Some will be what the world calls full time. Though I believe everyone is in full time. But we need people to answer that call. If you know you've got a call, you need to answer it. The best is you see, you may not become an ordained pastor now, but you can start playing your role. Listen to me. It's not possible that I'm the only pastor called in this church. Or it's me and Pastor Cho and I don't know. Who do you think is going to pastor all those branches? Don't shun, don't look down on that office. Hallelujah. Don't look down on it. Don't allow the world to look down on it. Let me just make a few comments that I end for today. With this mountain, it begins immediately you are saved, okay? The Apostle Paul started preaching immediately he got saved. Now, I want you to understand this. I wrote a few points. 
for you to manifest greatly in this mountain, number one, you have to understand that we are all ministers. We may not all be pastors. We may not all be in the fivefold ministry. Fivefold ministry has to do with apostles. Give me Ephesians 4.11. Look at this. Just watch it, please. Just watch it from the NLT. Ephesians 4 verse 11. He himself gave some to be. Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers. So in case you don't know, God gave me as a gift to you. How many of you think, perhaps, I'm, 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 you can tell I'm quite anointed, eh? It's evident, not so. Yeah. Now, listen, I, I want to show you something. I'll be honest, I'm very anointed. I remember yesterday, I, I, I came back home after the meeting, and the first thing I said is, okay, I think I was talking to my mom, I said, mom, I'm anointed. And I was very honest with myself. And I feel good for you. I'll tell you why. Look at the verse. Verse 12. So he gave the following gifts. So let's say in the context of this church. I don't know if you know that I've been given as a gift to you. It's not talking about a spiritual gift. It's talking about people who he gives as gifts. So I've been given as a gift to you. So you've received the gift of an apostle. Okay? A teacher, a pastor. You've received that. Sometimes some of you wonder, hey, why are people always excited? When you're given a gift, you'll be happy. Glory to Now, it says their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church. Other versions say for the perfecting of the saints. That's KJV. NKJV for the equipping of the saints. Here's what it means. If you think I'm big, what do you think it says about you? Listen to me. It means God knew the quality of believer he wanted you to be. God knew the quality of doctor he wanted you to be. I, I, I don't know if you're getting my point. God knew the quality of teacher, the quality of economist, the quality of lawyer, the quality of microbiologist. God knew the quality of demographer, statistician, whatever it is. Hallelujah. He knew the quality of musician, the quality of actor, the quality of politician, the quality of husband and wife. <laughs> he knew the quality of mother, the quality of father that he wanted you to be. So he gave you me. I don't know if you're getting my point. There are some of you who've seen a different side of me. Some of you wonder. Pastor, why are you very tough on me? Maybe God knew that ah, will you, this one needs someone tough. Want you to come see a eka? There are those who are able to do dribbling with the master. <laughs> you need someone tough. Glory to God. <laughs> some of you, there are some people here who uh, are older than me, some a bit significantly. Can I tell you one reason God gave a young pastor? This is my own funny thought. You know why? Are you ready for it? Are you, are you sure you're ready? <laughs> it means I'm not planning to bury any of you. No, think, I want you to think about this. Wait, wait. Let me, let me tell you the thought. <laughs> let me tell you the thought. I'm young. So me, I'm always speak, thinking the next 50 years, the next 60 years. Just know you're all going to be around. I don't know if you're getting it. <laughs> 
There are some of you, this was God's plan of renewing your youth. Hallelujah. Oh, you're all going to be around. We don't have time to lose any of you. Hallelujah. No, there's no time. No, this world, anything can happen. Not to you. I know how I pray for you. Hallelujah. So if you've not made plans for the next 20 years, the next 30, the next 40, the next 50, the next 60, the next 70, can you start making them now? Hallelujah. Recently, I was planning my life from 74 to 90. It's quite a good plan. Quite good. Hallelujah. One of my favorite things in that period would be preaching at young people's conferences. Yeah. Wait, some of you think you'll be the young people. <laughs> I can't wait to preach to your grandchildren. <laughs> then I'll be telling you, the way you seem like this, I've known this Watate Vako for a while. <laughs> Which we are preaching now to, to Avene Junior. And I don't know what dances they'll be doing. And then I'll be doing this. And they'll be like, you're so old fashioned. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Hey. Okay. So here's the point. The reason why God gives you pastors is because you are ministers. So meaning he wants you. That's why far beat from you that you can have a pastor like me and you don't know scriptures. No, far be it from you. The trouble is when the church is done in a superstar model, you've got like one superstar, he's the one who knows all the stuff, he knows how to heal the sick and the like, and then you're his audience. So it's like a wrestling match. Like, uh, the pastor is like John Cena, he comes in, hey, your time is up, and you're all cheering. And so your job is to cheer, you can't fight as well as him. But the difference with this is that our aim is to equip all of you. All of you must be able to preach the gospel with this same quality. Now, you will not all come to this pulpit because I enjoy preaching here. Hallelujah. I, I, I can find someone has planned. The day pastor gives me, I will show him. Listen, I've only not preached once this year. It will probably end like that. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but guess what? You can all have your own pulpit. May not necessarily be this one, but you can all have your own pulpit. Thou shalt not covet thy pastor's pulpit. Hallelujah. <laughs> Where do I get these lines from sometimes? <laughs> Sometimes I listen to the same ones and I'm just like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> Anyways, didn't want to look good. Every day is a party. Hallelujah. <laughs> so now listen, we have to come to a place where we open churches like popcorn. I don't know if I get my point. We should, like, every week there should be announcement. Oh! Our Ballaston branches open. Oh, our Chalala branches open. Oh, our Kitwe branches open. Our Dola branches open. Uh, Pastor Chole said, you have to evangelize as though you're the only church that does it. You have to, in your head, it should be as though there are no other churches that evangelize. It's just yours. That's the way you must evangelize. If every church was to do it like that, can you imagine how many people would poop? 
Hallelujah. We must have a lot of branches, different nations. We must open a lot of cell groups. Why isn't there a cell group in your area? You are the five of you. Do you know what you need to open a cell group? Two or three. Where two or three are gathered. Why isn't there a cell group in your area? Don't have the mentality of, no, Malama will open one. No, I don't need to because Ami has opened one. Don't have that mentality. Why haven't we done Dominion Night at your institution when you're there? Hallelujah. Why isn't your bus full? If your bus is not full, it's not the leaders that will be questioning. To be all of you. Town bus. I've not seen the town bus full. Why? Hallelujah. Unza, why do you still have one bus? Chalala has two. And they come from far. I went to Ballaston. Even with Ballaston, those guys of how many here have come from Ballaston today? Raise your hands. Come on, give them a hand. Anyway, these guys. These guys don't come to church. They travel. These guys travel to church every Sunday. It's a journey. Hallelujah. Like, don't you notice whenever they enter in church, they're always dancing, singing. <laughs> And then Hallelujah. Ask your neighbor, ask, ask the woi. You know who I'm talking about. You know that woi who I'm referring to. Has Ridgeway opened yet? Not yet. Okay. That's how we have plans for it. I want a Dominion Night at Ridgeway. You're not excited. Yeah, I want Dominion. Listen, we know the quality of gospel we have. There are some people you've been trying to speak to. Maybe they've been too familiar with you. But you know, once this one listens to your pastor, or once this one listens to your deacon, or oh, once this one listens to your head of department. You even know this one, that's it. Some of you, that's how we warn you. Okay, hallelujah. Are you hearing me? You are big. I expect a lot. You are too big. Okay, let me, let me wrap it up. How many times have I said, let me wrap it, wrap, wrap, wrap it up? Twice, only. I was told a good preacher wraps up seven times. Is that true? That's how you know that. Oh my God, I feel the anointing. No, wait. Hold on. I know what I'm talking about. There is a great anointing for evangelism. You know that the power of God can come upon you and make you bold. And make you a person who when you speak your words convict others. When you go to someone and greet them and just say, are you okay? Tears. 
I just want to give my life to Christ. I remember calling an otaku for healing at a dominion night. I call an otaku for healing, and people are coming to the front There's an anointing for that. Where people just get convicted. I don't know if you've noticed, it's very easy for us to lead people to Christ. I sense that anointing. Let me give my final points. Someone may be thinking, Apostle, I don't yet know much. You can at least do the level of inviting. Do you remember what the Samaritan woman did? The woman just met Jesus. She probably never knew that many scriptures. As a matter of fact, people knew her as a prostitute. But she still went around and said, come and meet the man. So sometimes evangelism is in two ways. There is the primary way where you preach to someone. Sometimes it's through secondary data where you get someone and invite them for someone to preach to them. You still help. That's what we want our churches for. So, you mu- we must open a lot of churches. We must open cell groups. For us to do this, what do we need? Number one, you need an accurate understanding of the gospel. Write that down. Say, so I need an accurate understanding of the gospel. Number two, you need an understanding of who you are in Christ. You need to interact with who you are in Christ. Number three, you need boldness. Number four, you need to understand that you are a minister. Then number five, you need to be compelling. You need to be able to compel people. I've got things to say on each of those points. Um, Add this to the list of meetings I want to have. Maybe can we have a meeting where we just train people how to win souls? Because I've got a lot to say on all of these points. I did, eh? What do you think? We have a meeting where we train you how to win souls. How to talk to people, how to compel them, how you can... We train you on how to have an accurate understanding of the gospel, how to answer questions people ask you, and all those things. Would you like that? Please add that to the list. However, if all we teach is the mountain of religion, everyone is going to want to be a full-time minister. Now, full-time, not in the... I believe everyone is a full-time minister. But then you'll find there are certain ministers who... Uh, how can let me put it like this there are certain people who for lack of better term work for the church but you find even their uh, resources are supported by the church now what has happened is in a church organization if you have so many people admiring that one you have a lot of people dropping out of school a lot of people quitting their jobs and then you have too many people chasing too little money and before you know it, pastors are fighting over money. And before you know it, there's a breakaway. And people are trying to get the influential ones. And the people they are targeting are those with money. One reason why that happens a lot is because a lot of those are not even caught like that. That's why 
don't quit your job don't stop going to school if you genuinely think God has told you that come and ask me we'll pray but don't do that if you've done that already come talk to me so that I tell you to go back and I encourage you and I'll tell you something about the way we do things you should read our pastor's policy here uh, just because if you come to us and say oh no I've stopped this I've gone to Bible school I've come back whether you've got a Bible school degree we will not ordain you we decide who we ordain. We look at many things. And then if we ordain you, we are not saying, go stop what you're doing. Because with what's going on in the world now, the church will only survive if we don't, if we have, you know what the world calls lay pastors, but in my head they're all full time, but that's how the church will survive. Otherwise, too many people are spiritual. Half the people here would can, can make very good full-time pastors. Except the office won't fit. Hallelujah. And the like. So if all we teach is the mountain of religion, everyone will think that the only way to make impact is to stand behind the pulpit. Everyone will think that the only way to make impact is to start a church. People would drop out of school. I don't know if you noticed the last, there's a huge generation that a number of people dropped out of school. And the funny thing is, and, and then the way they've taught ministry, a lot of them have taught, ministry is hard. In ministry, you suffer. For some people, the reason they suffered, if I'm to be honest, is because they had, like a lot of pastors, being supported by very few people. So sometimes it's not that the people are stingy. The pastors are just a lot. And so, and then there were also cases where people saw pastoral work as a way out. Like, maybe grade 12 didn't really go so well. And so someone decides, ah, I can be a pastor. My friend, if the calling is not there... <laughs> And you notice a lot of pastors have gone back to school. A lot. Because many function in zeal without knowledge. But instead of laughing at them, we can learn from them. You know why? A lot of, for a lot of them, these things were new. They never really had people to tell them. They never really had people to teach them. I can talk like this because I've, heard people, I've had people teach me. In this day and age, I don't advise anyone to drop out of school. Don't. But now, what I'm trying to say is this. If we all crowd the pastoral part of the mountain of religion, will not make impact. There are other mountains to conquer. Maybe the reason why the saints must be equipped is because they go and conquer other mountains. The word of God says, go make disciples of all nations. A nation is not necessarily a country. A nation is a group of people who've got a similar identity. So you find every nation has a language. For example, if right now I'm to say, monk sauce. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Monk sauce. Okay. What is monk sauce? Carpenter. Where is that language from? Onza. Is somebody getting my point? Hallelujah. 
if I'm to say Ramadan, what am I talking about? No, some of you know that from, if you're from Unza, what am I talking about? Ramadan. That period in between BCs. <laughs> it's got a new name now? Okay. What terms do you have at Apex? Does Apex have terms? It doesn't? Okay. You find in the medical field, they crack jokes which I don't get. I see some of them on their statuses. Hey, a medical exam be like and then they'll start and they all crack jokes about how their life is so hard and whatnot. I don't know what they have against school but nevertheless <laughs> Zaga what do you have against school <laughs> anyways it seems medical people find ways of stress relief eh? which are very interesting but if you want to laugh just read statuses from people in med school on their birthdays, they'll post photos of themselves studying. And I should be celebrating, but I'm in med school. <laughs> Hallelujah. Every nation. So, you know what that shows you? It means Unza is a nation. It means Unza has a language. It means... Have you heard the way lawyers talk? How they complicate every sentence, add a bit of Latin here and there. Like, instead of saying the land is yours you will find some complicated way of saying shan 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 is the land is I don't know just some complicated way the land thereof shan 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 that means it's a nation so there is a way lawyers can understand Chongo which they may not understand me there is a way she can speak their language and can I just show you one scripture before I go Acts chapter 2 just a revelation verse 4 They were all filled with the Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Next verse. And they were dwelling in Jerusalem, devout men from every nation under heaven. Next verse. When this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Every nation has a language. And there are nations that need people to speak it in their language. There are some people who don't have time to listen to a sermon. They are not interested in listening to a sermon. But if someone can get that sermon and put it in a rap song, they will listen because you are speaking their language. There are some people who may never attend church, but they can attend a fashion show. And if a fashion show can be designed in such a way that somehow there will be something communicated to them, they will listen because you are speaking it in their language. What am I trying to say? The mountain of religion is not enough. There is more. There are other mountains we are supposed to conquer. Next week. Okay. There are some people who are listening to me right now. You could be watching. You could be listening to this podcast years from now.
and maybe you've not given your life to Jesus. I want everyone just to take a second to reflect on their life. Have you become like one of those who has been described in Revelations, who's been drunk with the idolatry of the harlot? Are you saved? Are you born again? Is your name written in the book of life? Are you a part of the kingdom of God? If Jesus came today, would you make it to heaven? If not, I've got an invitation for you. God wants you saved. There are people who say, I'll do it privately, I'll do it in my own time. But that's not how God calls people. In the Bible, why we read about them is because for majority of them it was public. And so you could be listening to me right now and you need to give your life to the Lord. I've got an invitation for you. There are three, I found three reasons why a lot of people don't give their lives to Christ. Number one, there are some who just love the world. They just don't want to let go of the world. They love its benefits. Let that not be you. Number two, there are some who've just come to a place where they think they are so dirty or they've messed up too many times for God to accept them. Number three, there are some who've just never had the gospel explained to them. And the gospel is simple. It's where you come to the cross, which is an altar, and you exchange. You give him your sin, you get his righteousness. You give him your way of life, you get his way of life. It's where you surrender and say, Jesus becomes my Lord. So if you listen to me right now and you want to give your life to the Lord, I want you to raise your hand. There could be some who perhaps it's even a restoration. Because the Bible says if any man falls into trespass, those who are spiritual should restore such a one. You could have been brought up in the way of the faith, but you've abandoned it. God is calling you back today. I see that hand. I see another one. Okay. I want you to come to the altar, please. Just come. So I want you to say after me, with all your heart, I want you to say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you came in the flesh. You died, you were buried, and you rose again. I confess you as my Lord, and I give my life to you. 